in the kitchen wrist just oh like a stir pack. <laughs> I actually have some stir fry coming. Oh, oh, that's what you ordered? Yeah, that's what I ordered. Solid choice. Yeah. Solid choice. Some lo mein, some stir fry, some something else. So you went Chinese food? I went Chinese. Did you go with the panda? No, I went real Chinese. Oh, uh, real Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes panda's better than other Chinese places, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, if, if you want, like, a quick lunch or something, yeah. Yeah. It's made with real panda. It's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Instead of orange chicken, they have black and white. <laughs> That's that shouldn't be funny. That was a dad joke. That's it shouldn't not, be funny, but I'm laughing. laughing I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm just sitting. I'm shaking my head at my own joke. Uh, yeah, that's probably the cold open right there. <laughs> Talk about food. <laughs> the dad joke. And the dad joke. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. Bromancing the Stone. <laughs> the podcast where myself, Renee Sanchez, and my buddy, Max Lyon, Yo. watch Rob Cobbs and then immediately talk into microphones about them. And tonight, we watched the classic from 1989, When Harry Met Sally. That's and right. We did. And before we get into that, though, Max, how was your New Year? New Year was New good. Year's, New Year's night, I guess. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, yeah. That was now, uh, yeah, happy belated New Year's Eve, everyone. Yes. New Year's, New Year. New Year. Welcome New Year. to 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's happy New Year. Happy 2020. Yes. Welcome to 2020. Shit's clear as day. 2020 is a good, good year already. Yeah. Because I still have wine. <laughs> and I have tequila for the That's first right. time right. in podcast history. Ah, uh, yes. I wasn't lying when I put it in the in, in the description, y'all. But Well, you were for the first three episodes. <laughs> but now that I have it, it's no longer a lie. Yeah, sure. So mm -hmm. Poser. Man, I will punch you. <laughs> I'm too far away. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, New Year's was good. How, yeah. was, how was yours? Even though I know how yours was. Yeah, because we you and I hung out and we <laughs> put a post on our social media, <laughs> Bromancing the Stone Podcast on Instagram and Bro the Stone Pod on Twitter. Yes. Uh, we hung out together for New Year's Eve, hung out with some a uh, coworker of yours and his friends, and mm -hmm. we you know enjoyed our night did what you do on new year's eve which is we drank drank a lot but it was also one of those things where you get like an all-inclusive deal but this is the best kind because it was all you can eat pizza at a pizza place but it was and, a chicago pizza place so you know it's like yeah it wasn't pizza. stuffed pizzas but it was it was legit pizza though <clears throat> and also 
Um, they it's a brewery, so their mm. own beers drink were all beer, you can drink. drink. And then they also had desserts, although I didn't have any of the desserts. I didn't have any of the desserts either. But I drank plenty of their beer I and enjoyed plenty of their a few of their slices of pizza. Vodka. Yes, you did. <laughs> we forgot to bring playing cards, which would have been clutch. We should have. We should have brought playing cards. That's so. That's a tip to everyone. If you go out on like like our tip, whenever we hang out on St. Patty's Day, which is every year, we go out. We try not to, but every we, year we, every, St. Patty's Day comes around and we get going again. So the Saturday of St. Patrick's Day weekend here in Chicago is a huge party day. Because it's the first party day, like, after New Year's, basically. So these next couple months are real tough. But then that day comes around. You were and, making a point. <laughs> and, well, I was giving the background of it. So every year we do it as far as go to this thing called you can't drink all day until you start in the morning. Unless you start in the morning. So for, like, four hours, you get an all-you-can-eat breakfast. And all you can drink, screwdrivers, beers, and Bloody Marys. Right. And it's all for like 25 bucks plus tax. So it's a hell of a deal. It's a fantastic deal. And we always do it. We always go too hard and leave at like 1230 and it goes to two. Because <laughs> we've got too drunk. And then we never make it out afterward. And then the next day when we're hungover as hell, we always say, Okay, we're not doing that again next year. And then by the time February rolls around, we both get that itch. Like, ah, let's check out the tickets. Yeah, they're still the same price. All right, let's go do it. So <laughs> I've already planned we're doing it. Like, Apparently, I'm, I'm yeah. already there. I'm Apparently. already there. We're, we're doing it. Were playing cards involved in your plan at some point? Or are yes. We just, and are we so just, that's the tip. Whenever you do here. something that's all you can drink or drink inclusive or you're going somewhere, bring playing cards. Because then you can have drinking games. You can also involve other tables and make new friends. Or if you have people that's meet you. That's very true. Then they can jump in and catch up. It really is. Just, started off sober. It is the Swiss Army knife of drinking tools. Yes, it it really is because mm. then you aren't throwing you know a, whatever material it was a plastic lay like a I don't know what that material what? was but the lay that we were trying to throw as a lasso around people's oh, heads. Oh God, yeah. Okay, so yeah, New Year's Eve we were trying we took like a lay that was on the table with the party favors and we were trying to throw it across the table onto whoever was sitting next to you, like throw it onto their head. And that was our drinking game. That was our drinking game. That was it. That was so bad. And that's how desperate we were for entertainment. Yeah. And if you got it around someone's head, they had to finish their drink. But no, our New Year's was great. I mean, uh, you know. But it was, it it got (laughs) like. Yeah, it was was a horrible game, but. But it was was fun as hell. Like, yeah. And it did the trick. (laughs) I I had to chug a beer at one point because I got a last to put on my head right when a beer showed up at the table. So that was fun. Yep. So that got the night going. Yeah, it was it was so, a real good time. Yeah. And then, yeah, and the New Year's Day was crappy, except for when Oregon won the Rose Bowl. Goddamn yeah. right. Go Ducks all day, every day. 12 wins. Let's go. So that was great to see. Pac-12 champs, Rose Bowl champs, Pat Oregon Ducks. And uh, To beat a local uh, Midwestern team as well. Yeah, beat Wisconsin. Yeah. How was Chris? How did Chris handle that? He was he was a little pissed. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Yeah, 
Well, he, he handled it like Chris does. He just got up with like two minutes left. He's like, well, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> it was... It's good hanging out with you, I guess. It's about right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, yes. So we watched a movie. Yes, we watched a movie. So Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally. Give me some. Uh, uh, hit me with some. Hit me with some facts. Yes. Let's pull up when Harry met Sally on handy dandy Wikipedia, which I. Should have done beforehand, but now I'm doing as we speak. Look at that. When I put when, it automatically goes to when Harry He's a Sally. research wizard, folks. Yes. Don't you ever forget it. <laughs> research wizard. Oh, that makes me sad. The, the picture of Meg Ryan is of Meg Ryan today. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. That's a good hey, turn. It's her body, her choice. I get it. Whatever. Yeah, well, she made the wrong choice. I, yeah. I, I, I have pref- I mean, I have opinions. That's why I have, I'm a part of a podcast team here with you. So my opinion was. That really is what the podcasting world comes yeah. down to, isn't it? So she was much more attractive before the surgery. I wish she would have gone just to carry a fisher out and just let it. Let it be. Well, yeah. Well, wait, did Carrie Fisher get surgeries? I, yeah, I think pretty much everyone I don't know. in Hollywood anyway. probably does. So, when Harry met Sally, as it is a film that was made in 1989. So, you and I were born. <clears throat> I mentioned at the end of the podcast is before we were born, right. and possibly when we were born. We I were remember both that year vividly. I was one and a half. I was two. You were two. Around I, right I before, right around two years old. That was the. God awful year. The Giants lost the World Series. The A's all because of a fucking earthquake. Well, and being the inferior team because there are four hey. games. But yeah, no one is ever inferior to the A's. I take that except back. for the San Francisco Giants. No, then. except for the Dodgers. But <laughs> well, the Dodgers beat the A's the year before. The Dodgers did beat the A's the year before, and then we lost. Son of a bitch! I am just yeah. My story is full of holes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see how your story is full of holes? <laughs> <laughs> so when Harry Met Sally, it was made in 1989. It is a film written by Nora Ephron, R.I.P., mm-hmm. and directed by Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. It stars Billy Crystal as Harry and Meg Ryan as Sally. Uh, also has Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby as the only other names listed on the listing. Carrie Fisher, of course plays Meg Ryan's friend. Uh, she has a very good scene with a, a gold bikini in it at one point. She's Marie. <laughs> <laughs> Stop bringing up Star Wars. We're not bringing up Star Wars with this. She <laughs> plays Marie, and Bruno Kirby plays Jess. And Jess I, I is... I was just waiting for Jabba the Hutt to show up at some point. Jess's, la- Jess's last name in the movie is Fisher. So... Uh, Carrie Fisher ends up becoming Marie Fisher when she gets married to Jess. So uh, there's that. Um, and uh, yeah, so the music was actually arranged by uh, Mark Scheiman and Harry Connick Jr. Yep. So they arranged the very, whole soundtrack. Very little known. In fact, I don't think he was known at all, Very uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. 
that kind of was his like you know his start in the his of being known yeah yeah and then you know got to hope floats soon after that i was personally never a very big harry connick jr fan is hope floats a comedy i have no idea what it is it's so a movie with sandra it. bullock and harry connick jr i think it's more of a drama than a comedy I don't know. Well, that does sound he, people hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Maybe that's a movie down the line we'll do. Who knows? I mean, we do have quite a list. <laughs> yes. Uh, every fucking drop cop ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's our list so far. Four down, five billion to go. <laughs> it was released July 21st, 1989. So it was right in the middle of the summer. Uh, was, and the running time. Hundred and no, wait. Yeah, 108 minutes. No. 96 minutes. You saw it. I did? When did I see it? Well, I, I mentioned it to you. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, it was 96 minutes. You didn't mention the running time. Well, I, when I paused it halfway through when you're... Oh, I didn't look. Anyway. I was too busy getting wine. <laughs> and, and waiting for my food. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Dude, my priorities. That's very fair. Um... And of course, uh, the so the budget of the film was sixteen million dollars. That's it. That, I, guess I mean, back then, yeah. For a rom com, that's yeah. a substantial amount. Yeah, yeah okay. especially in eighty nine. In eighty nine. Yeah. I mean, because in the like when Harry is getting a hot dog toward the end of the movie, a sausage is a buck twenty five, and then with onions, it was twenty five extra cents, so like a buck fifty for that's that. Really, all they're worth, yeah. I mean, that shit's five bucks now. I'm easy. Especially at Wrigley Field. Yeah. <coughs> hey, eight fifty for a soggy bun and a cold dog. Yep. Or I'm sure it's like, yeah, five to ten bucks now. I love you, Wriggles, but Jesus Christ, get your food together. But uh, how much did this movie make in the box office? $80 million. Not far off. $93.1 million in the box office. That's pretty good. For back then. For a movie that was put out in the United States, and I mean, I feel like this wasn't necessarily a movie that has like a tremendous international appeal. There's a, It's a very American-type rom-com. Like, it's very New York, very city-oriented. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. A lot of banter. I was going to say, are there international rom-coms? Like, I feel like... If it's made in America and through Hollywood, it's going to be pretty American. Yeah, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always an international box office with these films. Sorry, were you expecting Bollywood? Or <laughs> No. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, to make that much off of, you know, to basically increase your budget by six times, basically. Yeah, just back then. Yeah, that's a tremendous success, and for good reason. And yeah. we'll get into opinions about the movie here after we get into some tasty tidbits. Some tasty tidbits. Max Lyon has been working hard on finding some tasty tidbits about this movie. I have. And well, hard-ish. <laughs> and we're going to get Moderately uh, hard. <laughs> Moderate, yeah. We're, yep. Yep. So moderate effort. Uh, well, let's start with a with a 
a fairly common one that I think several people probably already know. But the two characters, Harry, who's played by... Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. And Sally, who's played by... Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Are modeled after Nora Ephron. And Rob Reiner. And Rob Reiner. Yes. And Rob Reiner is... Uh, he appears in a ton of stuff. He's yeah. He's written a lot of stuff. He's... Directed a lot of stuff. He's even acted in a lot of stuff. We'd His claim to fame initially was being Meathead in All in the Family. Oh. Yes. Okay. I just know him as the dad from New Girl. New Girl, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's drugs, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's drugs, isn't it? <laughs> at his wedding. <laughs> Except for the falling in love part. That was the only part that wasn't modeled after them, of yes. course. But they, uh, they the two characters were, were modeled after them. Um, apparently, they had a, a really good friendship. Um, and they wanted to create something that was uh, you know, modeled after real-life friendships that turn into more than that. Yeah, and that was after uh, Rob Reiner's uh, first marriage mm-hmm. ended, right? Yeah. Yep. So... Also, the uh, the couples interviews that are sporadically yeah. throughout the, the movie. Yeah. With the elderly couples. Those are real couples. What? Yes. I thought I'd read that those were actors. Nope. Those are real. Wow. Real stories. Real couples. Wow. So every time we see one of those couples, like, recounting something that they, they said, and, like, that, that's our whole story. That's incredible. And that's a real personality. So when we were laughing at like yeah, the different dynamics between each couple. The the one that cracks me up the most is the one who had married the woman and then they got divorced oh, and yeah. then like she's not saying anything the whole 35, time. But she's just like remembering all the girls he ended up with mm-hmm. after and she knows all the women but he doesn't remember them. I don't even remember her name, Roberta. Roberta. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's so fucked. It makes me laugh so much. Oh. Oh. But, yeah. I did not. I thought I had read. I thought they were real initially. And then I had heard that they weren't. So, that's okay. That's cool. I like that. Also, uh, the show Big Mouth on Netflix, the Valentine's Day special that they did between seasons two and three, uh, they do those little couple uh, interviews. Oh, do they? But they have it with like the hormone monster and the kid, <laughs> and so they like. Oh my god! I it's those are hilarious. <laughs> like they're so good. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um. So the first of the first draft of the script, Harry and Sally actually didn't end up together. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find real a whole lot of interesting on that, though. I've seen that in a couple places where they said they didn't end up together, but then it didn't elaborate on it and say, like, what the hell the ending actually was. Like, what was the point of the movie then? They wrote it too well for that to be a plausible ending. Yes. Like, that is an interesting ending, but they wrote it too... Like, like the characters themselves are really good at being good to each other like being there for each other in a way that's greater than just friends, yeah. which is what it ends up being at the end. Like that's why they get together at the end because there's something more there. And that was written really well in the script. So it, 
you know, it couldn't happen. But there is a another world where the flaws of them as humans as like it just they never figure out how to tear their wall down right. and be vulnerable enough to admit their love for each other. Right. And there is another world where that could have made sense, but they wrote it too well to for that to have worked. Yeah. But that's interesting. Right. I like that. And of course, uh, Rob Reiner, the director, and Billy Crystal have been good friends since 1975, yep. apparently. Oh, I did not know since 75. Yeah. That makes sense, though, because I think the show Soap, which Billy Crystal was on, was on the, on, uh, the same channel as All in the Family. I may be off on that. Okay. I think they were on the same channel, and so therefore they probably like met the same, like, oh, here's all the... You know, here's a party for all the ABC shows and right. you know, all that sort of shit. Probably met that way. And then uh, Rob Reiner, you can actually hear his voice briefly in the movie. Really? Yeah, there's a New Year's Eve scene. I forget which. It's got to be the first New Year's Eve. Got to be the first one. The first New Year's Eve scene in the in the background, you hear someone say, "Hey, everybody, happy New or New Year's in ten seconds or something like that." Oh. That's him. And then the countdown starts. With the whole crowd. That's I him. like that. And then the famous scene where Meg Ryan is doing the uh, orgasm yeah. sounds. And Cat's Deli. And the woman in the background who says, I'll have what she's having. Do you know who that is? Rob Reiner's mom. Rob Reiner's mom. Of course, I know that. Uh, when she that's passed away. That's I love. When she passed away in the obituary, I forget if it was like the Times or if it was some other website they wrote that she delivered one of the greatest lines of dialogue in film history yep they wrote that in her obituary i'll have what she's having oh man golly that scene but also i read on i think it was wikipedia that that they did the scene multiple times really yeah i'm just wondering so that whole diner of extras had to sit there and listen to Meg Ryan make orgasms all fucking afternoon. Yeah. Like, it was Meg Ryan's idea for that to happen, but when they actually filmed it, they had her do multiple takes. And so I just wonder what that fucking, (laughs) that discussion is. We're just like, hey, that was great, Meg. Can we do one more for safety? (laughs) Like, just, that's... Can we do a safety orgasm? (laughs) That's such a <laughs> God. <laughs> just that idea of just like, hey, great job with that orgasm. Really felt it. Just wondering if you could add a couple more yeses. <laughs> you know. Could you really start, you know, beating up the sweat this time? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get a little bit of a thigh quiver in there. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> I just I I but yeah, that Scene is brilliant. Scene is brilliant. Brilliant, yep. brilliant. Anyway. So then uh, also the split screen scenes where they show them talking on the phones, especially yeah. with uh, uh, when they're talking to, what were their names? Joe and, no, not Joe. Jess and Jess Marie. Jess and Marie. Um, their respective friends. That was actually inspired uh, and was an ironic homage to Pillow Talk, which is a 1959 rom-com. Oh. Well, quote unquote rom com before rom coms were a thing. 
I've heard of Pillow Talk, but I haven't seen it. I believe it has... I'm going to say Cary Grant. Let me uh, go ahead and, you know, look look this up with my with my knowledge. I'm just going to access my brain here. I'm not at all typing this into Google. Okay, so don't don't search Pillow Talk on Google. <laughs> this was a mistake. The IMDb website was like six or seven links down and the first five or six were just terrifying. <laughs> um, it is Doris Day. Okay, cool. Oh, nice. Rock Hudson. Okay, I've heard of him. Okay, well, that makes one of us. <laughs> All right, so Doris Day. I don't know where I got Cary Grant from, but I guess that's the kind of the era. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, let's see, they gave Meg Ryan glasses in various scenes. I noticed that. Because they thought she was too attractive for Billy Crystal. Not joking. Which I just think is... That, that is a thought. So mean. There, there's a 13-year age difference between the two of them. Is there really? Yes. So That was a tasty tidbit I did not dig up. Yeah, Crystal was 41... According to my math, at uh, the date of release, and Meg Ryan was twenty eight. So yeah, so yeah, that's you got to. At the same time, Meg Ryan and glasses was still doing it. So yeah, she's quite attractive no matter what she really does yep. in the movie. Mm-hmm. The only scene I wasn't like that I didn't think she was that attractive in was the second time they meet. On the airplane. I wasn't a fan of that hair. I vaguely remember that, and I I think I agree with you. Yeah, but just in a general, not chauvinistic or like, you know, way, but just in general, she's striking throughout the movie. Except for that one scene. Yeah, but. And then uh, lastly, uh, I don't really have a a big, you know, massive, juicy tidbit to end on. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, not, this is any surprise to anyone, but they improvise, improvise like half those. Oh, of course. Half those scenes. Yeah. Um, you can tell like, um, when, uh, I like, uh, well, thank you, Siren. Yeah. I appreciate that. Siren. I, shit. Was that down on the street? Board? Yeah. Okay. That was, that wasn't even on Lakeshore. That was, no, that was, surprising that was right that. there. Like, okay. Anyway, um, uh, when uh, Bruno Kirby as Jess and Billy Crystal as Harry, when they're talking and they're talking about his Billy or uh, Harry's girlfriend, the young one who has who's the baker right. after the Pictionary, right. and she and then he goes, I asked her about the Kennedy assassination, and then she said to me, Did Ted Kennedy yeah. get or Ted, when did Ted Kennedy get shot? And like Jess. Well, Bruno Kirby asked Jess, goes, stop. And he's st- and he can tell he's about to laugh. And then they immediately cut yep. that quick yep. and go to the next scene. Like, you can obviously tell Billy Crystal came up with that fucking joke yep. right away. And like, also the scene where they're in the museum. That's exactly what I was about to talk about. Yes. Was that they are in the museum. Yeah. He's doing all of the, 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 pucker, the, pucker, yeah, the weird voice. The, pucker, the, pucker, the weird accent. 
That's but all. I'm proud to partake in your pecan pie. That's all him. Of course it is because he was making those voices in the, like on SNL and right. And the yeah. pecan pie part, he he thought of that in the moment. That's one take. That's yeah. the only take of that scene. Yeah. Because Reiner decided to keep it, even though you can see Meg Ryan look off screen at Reiner. Yes. Like she laughed out yes. of character, looked at him, and then looked back and like went all serious, like back into character. Yes. You can totally see yeah. her look. And Reiner's briefly. like, no, I want to keep that. And also just like the laughs that she was giving because it was so organic right. and it, it added to the, the ass, like it added to the connection between Harry and Sally. There was just a very organic connection between those two actors, characters, everything. They just completely and utterly connected in a way that was beyond just beyond a general, like a general idea. You know right. what I mean? It just, it, it's what, it's that ephemeral aspect of love that everyone imagines and dreams of. You know? Ephemeral. I think that's how you pronounce Ephemeral, yeah. Ephemeral. All right. Not an English degree? Jesus. I knew what the word was. I just, didn't, I just don't pronounce it all that really often. You didn't. And... Ephemeral? ephemeral that sounds like a goddamn drug well then ephemeral has side effects <laughs> <laughs> may cause lung cancer heart disease <laughs> anal leakage <laughs> do you do smells worse dysentery <laughs> oh wait it's not the Oregon trail <laughs> yes i can say that because i'm from oregon yes same here otherwise it's offensive. don't you say it it's offensive. Don't you say it. How dare you blame the Oregon Trail for your problems. <laughs> All right. Let's get into so the movie. Was tasty, all right. Well, something I forgot to mention beforehand. What was your first memory with this movie? Oh. Uh, well, like, I don't really. I think I've only seen this movie once or twice before. Mm-hmm. So the only the only time I remember watching it. Like actually consciously remember watching is with my with my girlfriend at the time, what like five years ago, four years ago, and uh, it was her favorite movie. Okay. For all I know, it still is. Uh, but uh, so I watched it with her. I never. I don't think I'd seen it before. Although now I'm I'm wondering if I really had, um, but I remember sitting through it and and watching it, trying to figure out why it was her favorite movie, and I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever watched it to watch it. <laughs> I think I was like studying it more so, like okay, this is your favorite movie, so I'm gonna like try to figure out like. What makes it tick? Yeah, where you're like, you're not necessarily watching it to enjoy it and absorbing right. it. You're exactly. more like studying it just to be like, okay, what am I going to use to impress right. so and so with such and such? Yes, I know that it's 100%. Like any John Cusack movie from back then, you're like, you're trying, okay, do I need to bring the boombox? Like, that's very, like, that's like, that's like first date energy. Absolutely. So, where like, you're not necessarily like a, absorbing the information coming from your date. 
but right. more of you're just trying to catch bits yep. so that you can bring them back so that you exactly. can prove that you were listening exactly. when in the meantime you're completely and utterly in your head and thinking I should be listening right now but I'm thinking about so many fucking things in my head and in reality the key to actually like generating some sort of real chemistry with the other person is simply by listening and yes. actually just letting it unravel naturally yeah not trying to fucking make a playbook out of it yeah but you know that's not max's way and so, that's not the human way because i so, did the same no. fucking thing so max past max sat down and and watched this movie like it was a fucking <laughs> textbook to read through and take notes <laughs> on <laughs> and after this will be a final quiz and <laughs> and there was and I failed <laughs> uh, R.I.P. that relationship R.I.P. yeah but well, uh, but yeah so that was what about you for me I actually saw this for the first time here in Chicago uh, I think I saw it each time the same way we watched it tonight which was streaming but not necessarily <laughs> From a reputable site. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Very reputable site. Very reputable. You know, there may have been ads that popped up. There were. When uh, we're streaming it tonight. But nonetheless. Let's wrap this up. um, Nonetheless. So, yeah, I I was working at Groupon at the time. So. Okay. um, And. You know, we had team, we were, and I was on a team of people. So we like, we sat around each other every day and, you know, just like normal work shit. And so you just, you know, you chat with your teammates and everything else and yada, yada. And then, sure, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'll mention to people, I love rom-coms, you know, when talking about movies and things like that. And then, uh, it was, shout out to Madeline Zaka. Zaka, Zacha. I never knew how to spell, say her last name, but she and I follow each other on Instagram. And if she listens, shout out Madeline. Uh, but she, uh, she, I just, I remember her because she had fantastic taste in '90s music, and she also was like, she also chatted with me a little bit about rom coms when I mentioned I liked them. And she's like, "Have you seen When Harry Met Sally?" And I was like, "I know it well. I know all the references. I haven't actually seen the movie." Okay. And she's like, stop what you're doing. Like, watch it tonight. Like, stop what you're doing and go watch it. So, like, two nights later, I finally... <laughs> <laughs> so you fucking disappointed her. I didn't do it immediately. But, Jesus. you know, but I, I watched it. And then I just remember coming back and being like, that movie was great. I hadn't watched it again since. And then um, I wanted to find out if it still was, you know, streamable without having to use certain reputable sites so a few nights ago while looking for it i found it on the <laughs> site that we watched it on and i watched it again and so this is my third time watching it i didn't yeah, watch so, it again here with you so basically you cheated on me. i cheated on you but and you i cheated on me. you alone so it doesn't make it better yeah it's like it's like when you go to a strip club instead of being somewhere that almost else. makes it worse <laughs> you could have had me <laughs> but you'd rather just watch it on your own it's so sad what's wrong with me <laughs> anyway anyway yeah that, that's so that's now it. that we've uh wasted <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> I love going through the memories of the, that the movie brings. Sure. 
That makes two people in the world that love it. <laughs> so you too? Yeah. Well, that's the implication. I'm sitting here recording this shit with you. <laughs> I wouldn't be if I didn't. Fair. Not doing this out of fucking charity. Shut up. I've been drinking. I ain't getting paid. It's my own wine money. Yet, you can support the podcast. No, you can't. Anchor. We haven't set that up. No, Anchor.fm has a way to support it. Have There's, you figured it out yet? They put the links on our descriptions. Oh. And I've set up the account so that if we ever do get money out of it, then... It, we I have, should delve into that more. I mean, we have to get listeners, yeah, so everyone share this. Share this shit. Yeah, so that we get more listeners, and then once we get more listeners, Anchor.fm, which hosts our website, or hosts our, our podcast, they'll find sponsors once we actually have a actual listenership. So once we get the tens and tens of listeners Damn right. to mobilize and, you know, give us, and listen. Feel free to give us feedback, because we're, yes, we're not. Yes, that too. Whatever you got. You, you want. Right now, we're open to trolls. If trolls want to fuck around and say something to us on Instagram or Twitter, please do so because we'll make, take any any feedback right drink now. More wine, which I or no, tequila, I which no I'm almost out of problem with. Right. So. I think we mentioned that. It, well, we didn't mention the eight ounce glass of tequila that I had. That's now at one ounce. But yes, I, I think the listeners can probably pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> they can they can hear me sweating they can, right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so the movie. The movie. All right. So, Max Lyon. Mm. Just tell me your thoughts about the movie. Um, it's good. It's solid. It's it's much different than the past several that we watched, so that's, which yeah. is a good thing. It's, I'm not saying it's a bad or a good thing, but it's it is good. Yeah. It's a different breed of, of rom-com. Yes, 100%. It's, it's not your uh, 2000-era rom-com, which we are so fond of and familiar with. Yeah. Or even your late 90s rom-com. It's it's definitely like a... It's got more of a Woody Allen-type feel to it. Yeah, that does. I never was a fan of Woody Allen movies, but for some reason, I I think they got it right in this movie. It's going to take a lot... A lot for me to want to do a Woody Allen rom com. Yeah, it's gonna I, take a I, lot. I think I'm just want to do some rom drums before we do Woody yeah, Allen. Yeah, like if like <laughs> I'd rather switch over. Yeah, it's gonna take a lot before. Yeah, I would be okay with doing Annie Hall. Like, mm. it, yeah. Oh my god, I, I haven't even I've seen. I haven't seen it, but like in a film class in high school, and it was not. I spent the whole time wondering why this was a movie. <laughs> Yeah. And then, then, like, the the instructor was raving on and on about Woody Allen and what he means to the film industry and to rom com genre and all this stuff. And I'm like, he just he's, can't. He's pretty fucking awful, and he, he's a terrible actor, and you never sympathize with him. Yeah. So what's so good about it? Yeah. But that's just me. I mean, at the same time, I did like Midnight in Paris when it came out. But anyway, yeah, I don't think I remember that one. Yeah, it's just got to. I'm not asking for a refresher. Yeah, I just, I don't need one. I, I just don't want one. No, I just like all I'll say is that there's Ernest Hemingway is a character because he goes back to the Roaring Twenties. Oh, but what's hilarious is that Hemingway at one point in the movie takes a swig out of a champagne bottle and then just yells out, "Who wants to fight?" 
And I just find that hilarious because it's like, it's such a fucking Ernest Hemingway type of thing from his writing. Just wouldn't like, be drinking some pussy ass champagne. He'd just, be drinking scotch. Well, it was in Paris, so in the twenties, everyone drinks oh, champagne. Yeah. So. It was Hemingway. He'd still be drinking scotch. Yeah, come on. Who wants to fight anyway? You know Hemingway's uh, childhood home is in the Chicago area. I did not know that. Yeah, it's actually right down the street from Frank Lloyd Wright's house. Huh? Out in uh, what was that Oak Oak Park? Yeah, Oak Park. Wow. I only know that because Christy was a huge. Uh, Hemingway fan, yeah, and I was big into architecture. Am big into architecture. I don't know why I said was. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, um, and uh, so we went to both one day just to to spend a day out there, and it was it's pretty cool. Like the house is obviously super dated and yeah, creepy, but because they kept it the same and all that. Yeah, but. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of cool that you know Hemingway is is from the area. And that is cool. Such a tortured soul is also from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right. So we were talking about uh, this movie and your opinion of it, and the opinion of it, and yeah. What about you? Well, I find. <laughs> I'm gonna go a while. <laughs> this is just, so this is fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So this is where, yeah, this is where you can you know take a seat back, Max. So I found it apropos that in the middle of the movie, he's breaking out the apropos. Word. I know, right? Uh, that they're watching, that they're watching, and they've discussed, and that they love the movie Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And. The reason why is because the first, that's my favorite movie of all time. Right. Probably going to be a while before we do that on this one. We're going to go through a lot of rom-coms before we get into yep. romantic dramas. But that's my favorite movie of all time. I watched it when I was a freshman in college. I just randomly rented it from our desk at the Hamilton. You want to rent, right? Yeah. Really. Like, I just, I was like, I went to Hamilton. I decided I was going to rent a DVD and I rented that movie and I watched it and I loved the fuck out of it. And it was like, that's my favorite movie now. The reason I loved it so much was that from all the rom-coms I watched growing up, all the romantic dramas, all the movies I'd watched, it was evident that the DNA of those newer movies came from Casablanca. Like, I knew all the references from Casablanca, you know, of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the worlds, she walks into mine. And, like, you hear, you know all the lines and you know the story. Here's looking at you, kid, and he lets her go and... All this other sort of stuff. But just the way that they framed the drama, that they wrote it, how it, you know, ebbed and flowed and everything. You could see how movies had taken from that movie and create and use that as the foundation of their newer movies. You're saying this one had the same kind of ebb and flow that Casablanca did? I'm saying this is the foundation of the more modern rom-com. Okay. This movie and the movie that's always, itself or the relationship in that movie? The movie itself. Okay. And especially within it, it's not necessarily movies. It's more I feel I see the I see the idea like the I the uh influence, that's what I was looking for. The influence in uh romantic sitcoms. And I mentioned to you earlier New Girl. Mm-hmm. And not just because Rob Ryder played a dad in it. Nick and Jess 
have a huge like opposites attract like connection that's hard to explain much like Harry and Sally did here. Right. Yeah. Like that's not a that's not an uncommon thing to I find. I know it's not an uncommon thing. I understand that it kind of went through you know a lot of like there were movies back in the 30s, 40s, so on and so forth that have been using the same trope. But as far as how it's presented with like the dialogue, the you know the the fighting, like and then mm-hmm. the just like the connection and like everything else like that, you could just see how the banter between Harry and Sally, the the looks between them, like the the way that shots were framed by Rob Reiner throughout the movie, how all of that influenced romantic storylines throughout sitcoms especially but also other movies after it right and it's just it's always fun to watch something that inspired so many things you liked without realizing how much it inspired it yeah that's i mean i guess that's a good thing that they pay a little bit of homage to it then because it's they're kind of in an obvious yet also indirect way they're they're saying something about its influence to the rom-com genre, which is cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, and part of that also goes back to, you know, a little bit to Woody Allen too, because he kind of set the tone for a lot of dialogue heavy movies. A a much more centralized focus on the couple itself and their actual dynamic and less about the, dreamy yeah. storyline that goes exactly coming from one self-centered neurotic point of view point of view right it's actually coming from two people's point of view like sharing mm-hmm. you know exactly. sharing this it's like a very relationship equal... and that's what's so great about it, it's just the equal parts yeah from both of them you get both sides of it there no side feels heavy to the other i did notice that it felt a lot more their their relationship felt a lot more real yes than a lot of other rom-coms and that that's originally what made me say it was a different breed of a rom-com yes was simply because they're you know aside from all the bickering because the bickering is i mean you could put that in any relationship yeah but true then like the realism that like oh they don't they don't just meet and fall in love and run off happily ever after they meet they fight they go their separate ways they meet one of them likes the other, but the other one doesn't. They go their separate ways or they meet and they become friends and they're friends for a while and then it falls apart. And, you know, all that stuff, that's mm-hmm. life. So mm-hmm. it's a lot more, it's a lot more real and kind of tumultuous. And I like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's not something you want to see from a rom-com necessarily because you want Like sometimes when you're watching a rom-com, you just want to see the good parts. Just want this, to see the beautiful relationship come together. I I also was lucky that I didn't see this movie until my late twenties, early thirties. Agreed. Yes. If I had seen this when I was a teen, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. I know. I would have. I would have thought, "How oh, they talk too much," and like, "Oh, they, why, you know?" It's going too slowly. It's this going. Is boring. It's going there, slow, where's like, the chemistry? Where's the? Where's the, the kissing? Where's the? Yeah, and you know, just all that stuff. The, the more, swooning and the. It, I would have been much more black and white with if it was actual love. They would have known on the road trip. 
Yeah. That's where yeah, I was, exactly. like, as a young, impetuous, impatient, mm-hmm. like, human being, I would have thought, if you don't know immediately, then it's not real. You should know immediately. I would say a modern, a modern, or modern, yeah, a more modern version of this is a lot like love. Okay. Have you ever seen that? I, yes, I have. I'm sure we'll do that movie soon. Uh, yeah, I guess. Because I know it's one of your favorites and you own it. Well, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but yeah, I do own it for some reason. There's a lot of rom-coms I own that I really sit here <laughs> occasionally and just go, what, what was I, what, when did I buy that? When did I consciously <laughs> buy that? There's a whole section of that bookshelf that I'm just like, why would, I spent money, my own money on that. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah. I would say that a more modern take on it is a, a lot like love. And it's it's got that same kind of like build where like that they meet. Life happens. And they you don't like they're not yeah. meant to be together because yeah. you're like you said, your first thought when you're watching a rom-com is like, oh, their first meeting. I should be able to tell already like, oh, you guys don't know it yet. But I know in two hours you're going to fall in love. Yes. Like. And you don't get that feeling after the car ride. No. No. If, if anything, and I made the joke. If anything, I'm like squirming in my seat after that that whole sequence because I'm just like, fuck, that's too real. Like, <laughs> shit. I've like, had that anxiety with just like first dates. Yeah. With every yeah, yeah. Every situation like that where it's like, oh god. And, yeah. I, and then you know it doesn't work. Like, and I, I made the joke when she ways. when she drives away and he's walking through the arch and I was like, well, that's the movie. Let's start recording. <laughs> <laughs> like that was. It's a good movie. They went like, to a diner. That is the po- That is the experience of so many adults. Like that car ride, like mm-hmm. and the, like that first meeting experience that just never prospers or goes anywhere. But then sometimes you run into them again. Some, and some, so, so maybe. So maybe a lesson here is that there's a reason we wouldn't have liked it when we were kids. Because we had to grow up along with the characters growing exactly. up. Exactly. And that's what, something I was going to mention. Like, 10 years after their initial meeting, just how much softer they were to each other, how much more understanding they were to each yep. other. And, like, he wasn't willing to argue about how he knew he was right. She wasn't willing to argue how much she was right. They were willing to talk to each other, and what was the, like the connecting the connective tissue there? Mm-hmm. Heartbreak, life experience, yep. loving and losing, and you didn't even life. You didn't even get to see what the characters were like in between those nope. those meetups, but you got to see a progression of these characters, yes. the changes that they made, how they grew, yes, simply by watching how they interacted with each other, yeah, because in a way they were both each other's constant. Yeah. It's like in every scene they were together, you could kind of like pair them up and, and weigh them against each other and say, okay, well, you know, I know how you were five years ago when you guys were last talking. So yep. I know how you're going to behave now. And yeah, so I, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. We needed to grow up along with the movie, along with mm-hmm. the characters mm-hmm. to really not only understand it, but I guess empathize with it <laughs> yeah empathize yes exactly so, so maybe so understand where lesson, it's coming from the real lesson here is that a lot, most of the rom-coms out there that we're gonna watch 
are fucking childish. <laughs> <laughs> like we like them because they're sweet and funny and romantic and cute and and you know it's like oh the nice dreamy rose colored glasses version of romance. Yeah. But you know that's how every high schooler goes into it goes into the real world thinking that that's how things are going to happen. I mean, and then like, life, like you said, life happens. That's like, not how love works. That's not how relationships work. Like fucking, I adored the fucking card scene from love. Actually, when yeah, I first watched absolutely. it, absolutely none of the problematic shit that we talked about in that episode, yeah. please go back and listen to yeah, have it. It's a great episode, but none of the problematic shit we t- listed about that one was, even went through my mind or yeah. was a second thought no. when I saw it in 2003. No, your immediate reaction is just, oh my God, this is amazing and beautiful and romantic. And, and he got a kiss from her. And he got a kiss from her, even though like it's and a even mutual understanding that, that it's done. not going to go any further. Yeah. But still, it's such a, oh, it's so beautiful and perfect. Yes. And, and then 15 year old me thought that. Yeah. And then you grow up and you realize and now All right, but, almost you know, 32 there's going to be a me. breeze that takes those signs away. There's going to like, yeah. Where do uh, the signs like, go? Where are the signs? Why is he making the signs? How many time did he what, have to spend? Did he what really have that much time after a, work? What happened to just having a fucking conversation? Yeah. Why like, didn't he just text her or call her or, you know, ring the doorbell well, and talk to her? Why didn't he do that in the first fucking place before it got to that yeah, point? Why did he wait? Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So (laughs) as you grow up, there's so many other things you actually have to think about. You have to grow as a person and realize that everything isn't as self-centered and tunnel vision when you're a kid. Not everything is simple. As simple and black and white as you think it is. Life is gray. It is hard. Yeah. And this movie is just about how you have to embrace the unknown of life and appreciate the known. Yeah. And so yeah, it's just like, way to put it. like they, that there's a lot of fear in putting their faith into the other person that they've seen at their worst and seen at their best, that they could be the partner that they need for the rest of their life. But what do they know? They know they love each other. Yeah. Deep down. And it took it took Harry a while to finally figure that shit out. He probably should have figured it out the moment he banged her. Well, he probably did. I think that's... I would argue that his character does kind of figure that out. Mm, I don't. He doesn't... It, I don't know that it clicks, but I think something snaps in him. And that's when he's like, something's different. And it takes him a while to actually realize what it is and identify it. But I, I, I would argue that I, I thought something clicked with him. I there. disagree with that. I disagree with that because. He... Well, then you're a bitch because. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. No. Yeah, I disagree with that because he treats her like every other girl he slept with. And that's the whole issue that leads to the fight. Well, maybe because, that's just a defense mechanism. But that's not a defense mechanism because it may. Well, I mean, in the end, it, it is a defense mechanism. But the thing is, he isn't necessarily thinking like, oh, I'm going to go to my defense mechanism because this is something different. He just immediately goes to that. He doesn't realize until after he loses her and can't get her back that this was something about bigger. That's what I'm saying. <coughs> he didn't necessarily 
he didn't necessarily identify it. But I'm saying that moment when they're sleeping, when they've slept together, like something clicks in him. Like there's something different. And it's one of those moments where it's like you, you feel different. You can recognize that you feel different. You can't, you're not necessarily going to consciously identify it or anything. You're just sitting there going, ah, okay, this is, all right. You just, you just feel different. You don't even necessarily consciously think about it. It just, that's the moment that something changes. That's all I was arguing. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, and in the end, that basically is what happens. Yeah. So, you know, but I, 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 I disagree with you to a very small degree. That's it. That's a big enough degree to me. Especially since you cheated on me with this movie. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um, I, um, For that, I drink. Well, we just talked about Drown the scene. my sorrows in wine. We just talked about the scene. We're going to actually remember to review the kiss of the movie. Are we doing that? Yeah. I mean, are we doing that now? Yeah, might as well, because I, I have a hot take on this. Okay, let's do so, it. Let's do it. Let's review so, the kiss. So, kiss of the. So this was the what New Year's Eve. That's my hot take. Uh, are we doing which? I one? feel the kiss is when she's vulnerable oh, and sad, yeah. and they actually they kiss on together. the bed. Yeah. And it starts with the initial peck that he he's gonna go get her some something from some tea or whatever, but that initial peck, and then. Leads to more. I feel like that kiss is more vulnerable and real and more affecting as a viewer than the ultimate boom bang fireworks there together kiss at the at New Year's Eve. That New Year's Eve kiss is almost unattainable on a realistic level. Yeah. Well. But the kiss of I'm supporting someone I really care about. And we we no longer have our defenses up, and we're just extremely vulnerable right now. And we're just two human beings who truly care about each other's happiness right now. And then boom, they're kissing. Yeah, it's like definitely that a lot more. Felt, it's a lot more realistic. It's yes, a lot more real world. That felt a lot more real world, a lot more common, and but I it felt is not like the rom com kiss. I, I'll grade. Let's grade both then. Okay. All right, so I grade that kiss on the bed between them and A. I love that kiss and that scene of just, like, how supportive he is of her in a time of need. And also, I don't feel he's taking advantage of her either. You can see, like, it's a very thin line, a very tough thing to, like, show on camera. But they, they achieved it. But the writing and the directing, because as we've discussed, the writing and the directing are fucking brilliant in this mm-hmm. movie. But they achieved Billy Crystal not being sleazy in that scene. Yeah. He could have easily been sleazy, taking advantage of it. But it was obvious that he immediately was caring about her, wanted her to be okay, and wanted, and like, he was immediately going to give her a peck on the lips and go make her something. Right. She asked him to stick around. And then in the second part of the kiss, she, like, going back to the 90-10 from Hitch, which is actually, it's working out that that was the first movie we reviewed. Yeah, that actually Because the 90-10 thing is a real thing yeah, when think, it comes yeah. to the kisses. At least in rom-coms. Yeah, yeah, at least in rom-coms especially. 
She goes the nighty in that second part of the kiss. She's the one who yeah. moves toward his his lips. He, and then he, he goes acquiesces the because yep. there. I mean, if we're gonna go with your thing, where he intrinsically knew this was something different, he kind of gives himself to right the difference in the feeling. So I find that to be an A. I love and the second one? that kiss. Well, what do you think of this one? Um, I think it was a B. Okay. Solid B. Mm-hmm. I like the whole lead up to it. I like the execution. I just... the Like, the kiss itself wasn't that... It didn't, like, inspire anything in me at all. Like, it wasn't like any one of those kisses where you're like, Oh, God damn, that's some passion. Or like, oh, that's a great first kiss. Like, watching the two of them was like watching two fish fight over a marble. It was weird looking. They're not good kissers. And, like, the only thing that saves it for me is the way the scene goes and, like, the way they lead up to it. And the way they execute the emotion as actors. Like, like you were saying, his hesitancy and then, like, the 10% of giving into it. And, like, the whole peck that leads up to it or the pecks that lead up to it. That whole execution is them being good fucking actors and, like conjuring up this emotion that builds up into the the moment but then when that moment came the kiss was just like eh, okay cool that's a kiss like it wasn't you could have easily not shown me them kissing and i would have felt the same thing i mean that's why it wasn't an a plus because i get what you're saying with that i felt like but at the same time they actually moved their mouths and they are continually going at it. So I felt like there was that passion there myself. At the same time, it's obvious like they're not like full on like, f- like fretching, but that it's more of a they're kissing for film as actors. Yeah, so that's what exa- left it from the from an A to an A plus. Like that's what took it away. Because right. you could tell that little bit. Exactly. That, and and you know. it's not like I'm sitting here expecting to see some totally graphic making out i mean i'm expecting full penetration (laughs) (laughs) what the hell this ain't porn Uh, we got gypped (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah anyway uh yeah so i i would say that it didn't I, i just i need some I don't know. I need some like, I don't know. I guess I'm not an actor, so I can't really say what, what goes into those kinds of scenes to make that kind of passion. Well, work. Did, did you get it from the new year's Eve kiss? Let's no, go to that worse. one. Wow. Yeah. I would say that's a solid C. Tops. Okay. But that's, but see, I'm grading the kiss itself. Mm-hmm. That scene. I love that scene. His, the dialogue, that of what he loves about her. Now that I've watched that movie for what it is and just watching it as a rom-com and as a movie, that might be one of my new favorite scenes Yeah, of any rom-com. Yeah. That's amazing. That yes. is so fucking adorable. Yet at the same time, the same, the same theme of the whole movie and realistic. And it's, and it's Ish. going, and it's going back to what we talked about with like that first date vibe where 
when you, when you were talking about how you're just trying to remember things from it. Right. For, and he's just for reeling off like all these but things that he remembers That he about absorbed her. because yeah. he knows this about her because he wasn't necessarily studying her like a textbook. He just knows it because he knows her. And none of them are great things. They're not super flattering things or sweet and romantic things. They're just things that you would know simply by knowing the person. Yeah. And, and the only thing that makes them sweet and romantic is the fact that he's saying, I love that about you. I love this about you. Yes. He's saying, I love that. And I feel like saying it in dialogue like that is one of those foundational things that movies since then have been trying to do. Like, I love the way this and right. that. And like, you know, 10 things I hate about you is one that pops in my head, which is right. probably yeah, a movie yeah. we'll do down the line. Yeah. But, um, you know, I hate that. Like, it, it, like that's something that was, taken from this movie because it was done so damn oh, yeah. well. And then her whole response at, you know, God damn it, it You make it so hard, it to, hate so hard to hate you. Like, I don't like that response. I, I thought it was like their one little rom com line that they needed in there that was that made it was like the uh oh God, I'm ruining my uh my reputation here by not remembering what the hell is the movie. Uh Jerry Maguire. Oh. It's like the Jerry Maguire scene. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Yeah. Like, it, you think you have a pretty perfect climax there with what he's saying. Yeah. All the stuff he's rattling off. And then she goes, stop it. Just stop. You had me at hello. Like, you go that extra little yeah. step, that little extra mile. I mean, but Sally has to say something. I just feel like that that bit of dialogue doesn't land as well as it could have. Okay. But she has to say, she something, does have to say something. Because. Yeah. Like, just the whole smile and wilts and fall in his arms after so much, like, trying to push him away. Right. Because she, because she was hurt by the whole thing of him not, you know, acquiescing to his feelings earlier. She has to say something. She can't just give him that moment. Like, she has yeah, to say so. something because it's an equal thing right. throughout the movie. It's so just, she says she hates him, and then they... Yeah. Yes. The only thing I'll say about that dialogue is that she says she hates him three times, but she says it with less strength each time. So it's almost as if she's signifying that her wall against him he's is coming finally tumbling that's, down. That's the like only that. thing I'll give that, like and that's too. what makes it salvageable. But I, I wish she would have said she loved him. Yeah. Well, does, does she say she loves him at all in the movie? I think they do at the end, don't they? When they're they're doing their couple story at the end. No. Oh. They talk about the wedding and that they had the chocolate sauce on the side. Oh, maybe they don't say I love you. He other. says or, he loves her. She's, she doesn't. She never says she loves him. Oh, my God. That's a good She's, observation. Oh, shit. Okay. That that's that's like one of my very few nitpicks of the whole movie. Well, fuck! I take back all my grading. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Anyway, I grade the New Year's Eve kiss a, a B. I, like it's solid, and it's especially because of the dialogue and the, and the build up. To like it. I said, that whole scene, the whole build up to it is amazing. Yeah. It's just the kiss itself. And just one is, thing I will say about the the. The I mean, once again, great directing. She has a little bit of lipstick on her at the like at the beginning of that kiss, which 
It's very hasn't reapplied because she isn't planning on kissing anyone. So she has just a little bit left from when she applied initially. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they're done with the kiss, they didn't do that whole like snafu where they forgot like the continuity and she has like lipstick on again or anything. Like you can see the lipstick is taken off her lips afterward Hmm. after the kiss. So I, I liked the realism of that. Um, but ju- and I like that it wasn't immediately on Happy New Year after the countdown. The yeah, countdown that happens. That would have been too. Too. The countdown yeah. happens, and then he gives a speech, and then like about forty-five seconds after the midnight is when they actually. Yeah. Yes. Again, because life is not perfect. Exactly. So, and timing is not always absolutely on time. Take it from a guy who always tried to plan the. The big moment when he was younger. God, that's all I ever fucking did. <laughs> I thought, the, I thought a, the way to win someone over was I'm through aware. a big gesture and huh? I'm aware. Oh my god. There's a there's a you know, a punching situation that we've talked about previously. Oh well yeah, that that was that was unintended though. That was that just was organically well, created over the course of that night. No. But I'm saying what you oh, did initially with that girl. Oh, I didn't know you remembered that. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know anyone that. knew about that. You, you mentioned that, like, the whole... Oh, I was pretty proud of it. The whole Skinner's Butte, whatever the hell. Yeah. Yeah. I recently came across... I was going through a bunch of old files on my uh, external hard drives this, this winter break. I call it the winter break. Yeah, because like, you like haven't been at school. work a little bit. Yeah. I haven't been at work. <laughs> I took two weeks off, folks. I I I recommend it only if you have the uh, PTO, but yeah, um, which I did, thankfully. Yep. But uh, anyway, I I went through and you know tidied up a bunch of stuff, and that was one of them. I went through a bunch of old files, and it had stuff on there from like high school. Like it was wow. that far, yeah, like like high school assignments. Wow. Yes. So I went through everything. It was photos, files, everything. It was. It was a trip, but uh, a bunch of the stuff on there was like stuff I'd done as uh, like for old girlfriends and stuff like that. And so I was going through each one of them and just kind of reminiscing like, oh, my God, I forgot I put this much effort into it. And that was one of the things where I I don't remember what I did, really. I, I made. Little- I just remember Skinner's Butte and I remember thinking that's way too high to climb for that girl. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you're not wrong, uh, but she, it, it was also you could drive to the top. Oh, that was why I did it. But yeah, I, I, had, I wouldn't I waste little, the I, I wouldn't waste the notes. gas on that climb. <laughs> I had little notes that I was like I was leading her to her car, and when she got to her car, she got in the car and like she found another note. And the note led her to the top of Skinner's Butte, which was a little little butte in. <laughs> The town we lived in, and and we I don't were, even remember what the fuck was happening up there. I, I was we, waiting for her up there. I don't know. I was when it, we were this is the seniors. Beginning of a murder movie, we were seniors actually. in college. Yes. Let that be a lesson, to everyone. Just because you are of legal drinking age does not mean that you make sound decisions. Hey, that was. <laughs> hey. Hey, now, I stand by that decision. That was a damn good decision. And I, I regret none of 
my decisions All right. that led into relationships. We we may put up a Twitter poll about that. About what? What are they going to weigh in on? Whether that's creepy or romantic. They don't even know the whole story. I didn't even get to say it all. The bits and pieces that you've given is enough. Well, obviously, all that matters is that she thought it was romantic. So that's kind of really the only result that counts. That's fair. Anyway, for the little bits that you heard there, audience, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram, Bro the Stone Pod on Twitter, Bromancing the Stone Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you think about that. Please don't. Just don't. <laughs> just, just don't. In this case, my ignorance is definitely Look, my bliss. Here's the here's the deal. If there's one thing I've learned from all four of the rom-coms that we've watched so far and reviewed, mm-hmm. and the, that the tens and tens of listeners have listened to, is that you get the result at the end if you open yourself up be vulnerable and let your walls come down. Exactly. Yeah. That's the real world and theme to every one of these. I have never done anything like that <laughs> because my wall is quite, <laughs> quite fortified. So I, I kid, I like to make jokes, but at the end of the day, the fact that you did that in the first place has always been admirable. Well, thank you. Even if, it's borderline creepy. It's not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> the notes. The notes were cool. I just. The notes are a little bit. Uh, I, I don't remember how I started. I think I texted her. and was like, hey, look at look outside your door. And I think it had a, a bouquet and a note. And the note was like a little limerick or something that was like a. Hey, girl. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> no. What'd that thing do? no i think it was like four lines of something really short and sweet but it also rhymed because i was that kind of person Uh, yeah and i'm sure you spent a solid half an hour to an hour on each note i spent way too long yeah Yeah, it was it was not a good use of my time (laughs) i should have been studying I probably could have gotten a better scholarship for grad school. <laughs> but, uh, so maybe that part I regret. But, yeah. but yeah. anyway. Anyway. The romantic gestures. Romantic <laughs> gestures. Yeah. Um, Which were not really a part of this movie, actually. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Other than the, the ending scene, which wasn't really that. I guess we were saying the compare and contrast to, like... Yeah, you know, living your life like a rom com where you make these big romantic gestures and think that they'll pay off. You know, that relationship I think lasted for what four months. <laughs> yeah, it was a great start, but you know, you can't you can't assume that just because you make these massive gestures in life that it's going to automatically entitle you to some perfect storybook relationship either. It's, yeah, sometimes it's. In fact, a lot of times, more often than not, it's like this movie where it's the real shit that happens that makes you a, a better relationship or brings you closer together. I mean, the take I have right now that's like in my holster is one for off mic. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and Man, voice fuck it. It's it 10 years ago. No, like that whole romantic gesture that you put on that was actually kind of a a deterrent 
in that it it like I'm sure it like flipped something in her mind like oh my gosh this guy is different than all the other guys is so caring and so nice and yada yada blah blah that she tried to do the whole convince herself of maybe I should mm. do this maybe I should you know try this out sort of thing and then she well, realized man, that's just who and I then am, she re- right? well, changing that. Well, and then she realized, oh, right, I still am a senior in college and would rather go have fun than be in a, you know, single or a, a, a relationship that's, like, monogamous. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, And so if, without that gesture, it, it, you probably save some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the hot take for me. Anyway. <laughs> Do you know that it was a deterrent? What? Do you know that it was a deterrent? Oh, no. Oh, okay. That was just my vibe that I got. Oh, okay. Just as an outside observer knowing the facts. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, that's all. Well, everything I picked up on, I think, I think pointed to her liking it, but no. no. I mean, I, as I said, I'm just going off of, like, outside thing where, like, I'm sure she liked it as a singular gesture. And I'm sure the singular gesture was so good that it caused her to try a relationship out when she may right. not have completely had her heart on. And and if that wasn't it. for her, then I'm glad it only lasted four months. Cause like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop being that person just because. Yeah. Okay. She ain't ready. Like, yeah. There's, there's buttes and mountains in the Illinois area. <laughs> girls too. There's a lake. There's a lake. We've got skyscrapers. Those yeah. are mountains. Yeah, exactly. Top of Hancock Tower. That's about. That's probably taller. That's taller than. Oh yeah, that's, that's taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck out. Although, what? Why do they drive south toward the Loop from University of Chicago, which is fifty blocks south of the Loop? Because it's stock footage, and they don't know what they're doing. Fucking. Fuck out of here. Also, how are they getting married 12 years and three months after they met? When if, if That means that they met on New Year's Eve. What University of Chicago scene is not cold as fuck on, when they meet on New Year's Eve? The timeline is another nitpick I have on this. Um, our New Year's Eve was like 50 degrees. No, 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 no. It was not. Oh, We actually, had snow no, on the ground. Our Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. But at the same Christmas time, was. no, no, but the, like there was nothing on the ground. There was leaves on the trees in the University of Chicago in the courtyard. Oh, that's true. Like all that sort of shit. But yet they get married 12 years and three months after. So they got married three months after like they met technically quote unquote on New Year's Eve. They were not driving on New Year's Eve. There's no way you're driving to New York and it's fucking like obviously autumn. It's obviously late September, early October. Yeah. Like you're not not driving through snow at some point on your fucking 18 hour drive. Well, I think this takes us to uh, your segment. <laughs> like, that's where the $16 million budget failed them. What? They upped it to maybe 18 They could have gotten some fucking snow on the ground, and it could have been real. Tell us real what real. happens to them after the movie. <laughs> My after, ever after. This is after really, ever this ever one's after. really fucking hard. I... Yeah, I was wondering what you were going to do with this. I, yeah, I was, I was still thinking during this movie, like, what would I do? My initial thought was that when Joe, I didn't think that um, when Sally mentions Joe has a new fiance, that 
she mentions the name of the fiance. So I was going to posit a guess that the fiance was Amanda from the very beginning of the movie who gets with Joe at the office. Who was Amanda? She was the initial girlfriend that got Sally and Harry together for the ride. Oh, 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 oh. The one but, that... Uh... The one that they couldn't remember her name. Right. Yeah. But, and you couldn't either. Yeah. Uh, but they mentioned that Joe's fiance is Kimberly. So we'll just continue with Joe and his, you know, douchey chode ass. Like, the, <laughs> fuck it, he had a comb over. And he was supposed to be mid 20s, like, with the comb over. Don't trust a dude in his 20s with a comb over. Fuck out of here. Like, no, don't trust a blonde, Aryan looking dude with a comb over in his 20s. He's not to be trusted. Fuck out of here with that. All right. This, the opinions of Renee saw just after a, a glass of tequila should not be taken seriously. <laughs> but, it should be taken with a grain of salt. <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but I like to think that Joe and Kimberly had a successful marriage for three years with one kid. And then Joe realized, oh, yeah. That whole kid thing wasn't really about that. So then he goes and finds another paralegal that he bangs out. And then he has to pay alimony to Kimberly. And now he has a kid that he's he kind of pays for, but isn't really a good father to. And then he has a second wife who he then cheats on for a third wife and a fourth wife. I may be talking about my ex-brother-in-law as well. Anyway, Jesus. <laughs> oh, so okay, so it got real dark. I couldn't dark come up turn. with an after ever after Jeez, that. Didn't just say that stuff. next time. God damn. Whatever. Fuck off. I'll say whatever I want to say. Like fuck. But hey. yeah, um, I good. the after ever after because I, I I believe that Harry and Sally stay together. I believe Jess and Marie stay together. I believe they have kids who are friends. Yeah, I think it just goes forward like, and it's just happily. Ever. And they just yeah, yeah they legit just, live happily ever. There isn't a question yeah. to that. I the it's question just, that I have the only questionable thing would be Joe and Joe and his future because. I can't think of what would happen with Amanda. I'd have to come up with 12 years of something that happened yeah. parallel to that and on top of that. You also have to give us all a fucking reason to care. So Yeah, exactly. It's like nobody gives a shit about any of these characters. The only two yeah. characters are the two that are playing off each other throughout the whole movie. And we already know what happens to them because the movie is realistic enough that you just kind of assume like, okay, they're flawed, but that actually seems like a real functional relationship. So they probably stay together forever. Yeah. That's about right. 100%. It's not like any other rom-com where you got to like sit there and go, okay, well, the honeymoon phase is going to wear off three days after the movie ends. You know, or, you know, you get different endings like in Love Actually, so you could actually take little oh, bits yeah. and make yeah. it a plausible after ever after, right. like with Karen and Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen and Daniel forever. I, I know, I know. You, forever. You, anyway. You got your time in the sun for that. <laughs> All right, so... Max Lyon, what, it is now time for our rating to issue the verdict on this movie. The most exciting of all the podcasts. Yes. Max Lyon, would you <sighs> fuck, marry, or kill when Harry met Sally? Much like the theme of the movie, where you have one thought about it. And then you return to it a few years later. You have a different perspective on it. 
when I first watched this movie, I was convinced fucking it and never seeing it again would be fine. And then I watched it again and I would marry this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I am finally at that point where I am an adult about it. And I enjoy this movie for what it has to offer as a rom-com from a realistic, well, ish perspective. So I would marry it. It would be a flawed and terrifying relationship, but it would be a good long one. Hell yeah. I too would marry this film. And uh, I... Like I, I loved it when I first watched it, but at the same time, so, I also. I'm sorry I didn't ask you. You're ready. <laughs> I just stared at you and was like, "All right, go." Well, I wasn't gonna allow. Yeah, I wasn't gonna allow for the you know the dead dead air to happen. But, um, like, I I feel like I like I liked it a lot when I first watched it, and then, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I'll totally watch that again and enjoy watching it again." But it wasn't necessarily one that I sought out. But then when we had this podcast, it gave me, you know, the opportunity to watch it again. And then immediately after finishing it, uh, watching it on Wednesday yeah, or Tuesday. How was that? Huh? Was it good for you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, after watching it, I was immediately like, I can't wait to watch it again with Max. Yeah. I bet that's what you were thinking. <laughs> if you were thinking that, you wouldn't have done it in the first place. Fuck off. Anyway, um, so yeah, like, but like watching it that second time, and then especially this third time, there's so much that you can gather from this movie because it is the one thing I will say about it is it is dense. There is a lot of dialogue. So with a dialogue-heavy movie like this, it is easy to miss some things that can make it even more enjoyable the second and third watching. Mm -hmm. So that's where marrying this film makes a lot of sense Absolutely, because you continue to fall in love with it as life progresses. That's a really good way to, yeah, that's, that's an even better take on it. Like, uh, yeah, this time watching it, I really got, I really loved just the framing of the, of certain scenes, like the way Rob Reiner framed the faces of, uh, Harry and Sally when they're at the when they're at tables and the eyesight so that it was just barely off camera barely not looking at the dead of the camera but to the point but it was close enough to their face where it felt like you as the viewer were sitting across the table from them so like you were you, sitting next to the as other if character as if you the were booth. the one on a date with them as if you were the one talking with them especially it was especially affecting when uh, Sally goes into the monologue about why she and Joe broke up when she says, I spy a family and mm, that whole thing. Yep. The way that that scene is lit, the the location they chose, the lighting that they chose, and just her like slightly askew, like, you know, slight like eyesight line and just the way her hair and the sweater and everything flows together is so beautiful. I just loved the way she did that monologue and it was, and I'm pretty sure that that monologue has been read by many, uh, you know, aspiring actress Mm -hmm. in auditions since then. Uh, but just little things like that can continually be found within this movie, which is why you should marry it. Like I did. 
Yeah. It ages well. It and it changes like you said throughout the years. Every time you watch it, it's <coughs> it it takes on a different perspective or different meaning. You pick up different things. Mm-hmm. That's much better than a a movie that you would you know you'd see once or twice and it's fantastic. But after a few times, you like you know you know it's coming. You kind of close yourself off to paying attention to the little things and yeah. I mean, I've seen Love Actually so many times that I. It doesn't have the same effect. Like, but we would still marry it. I I mean, we'd still like, yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, if Laura Linney's like, if I'm watching it just to watch it and not watching it for this podcast, there's a whole half hour in the middle of the film I fast forward through. Right, right. Like, I do not watch the middle part of the film. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this gives you new things to appreciate every time you watch it. Just exactly. like a good marriage or a good relationship. Show. Yeah. Like this is the, like, it's a perfect running time there. There's no fat to trim. Like this is perfectly packaged into an, a completely perfect amount to give to you. Like it's just, it's so well done. It is so well done. So yeah, yeah. I agree. So, so that's it. That is that for when Harry met Sally. Let us know what you think on Twitter, Bro the Stone Pod, and on Instagram, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Let us know. We'll have posts there for when this episode comes out. Um, Follows, tweets, comments. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, share it as well, yeah, so other it. people can let them let it be known what they think as well. Um, and then, of course. Tell your Pers- folks, bother your friends, destroy lives with this podcast, whatever <laughs> it takes. And then, of course, uh, my personal Instagram is relusa88. That's R-E-L-U-S-A-8-8. And then my Twitter is Supermarket Sweep without the R in super. So it's S-U-P-E Market Sweep. And my personal Instagram, which is the only one I got, is the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period. L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yes, indeed. And we... Or you can also just search for, you know, Max Lion. (laughs) True, there aren't a ton of Max Lions out there. So, Max, we're in an interesting situation right now. Oh, where we don't have a movie picked out for next week? We don't have a movie picked out. We usually talk about it before we record and, like, have an idea and then kind of make Uh, the final decision. But we didn't even talk about it beforehand. I don't um, want to choose any of those. <laughs> I, I I'm was, looking at the, my uh, like, very small collection of rom-coms. Uh, right let's now. do this. How about uh, choose a decade? Like, what decade do you want to get? Like, we were in the 80s mm. here, 80s slash early 90s. We've been in the mid 2000s so for the first three. Seems, stands the reason we should choose 90s. 90s. Interesting. Okay. Let's see. A 90s. Rom-com. That pops. Okay. So, our next movie... Okay. ...will be Notting Hill. Let's go back to England. Oh, dear God. <laughs> let's go back to Richard Curtis. No. And let's go to Notting Hill. No. Why not? No. Why not? Because of all the rom-coms we have to choose from, we're already skipping to... Something boring. It's in the 90s. Yeah, but it's boring. 
Wow. It's boring. I feel like we already... I would kill this movie. You already... I feel like we need to watch it then. You already have my rating. We need to watch it and see... I feel like no one else knows what movie it is either. What do you mean? It's not a very common rom-com. Everyone knows Notting Hill when they think of rom-coms. Who doesn't know the line, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking her to love him? I'm sure there's quite a few people that don't know that line. Everyone knows that line. Are you kidding me right now? uh, This is coming from the person who didn't know Will Smith was in Independence Day. You know what? (laughs) What? I, I brought it up. I was drinking. <laughs> and also, I haven't seen that movie in years. How long has it been since you've seen Notting Hill? Just as long, but I still, yeah, exactly. I still remember that it was stupid. So we should watch it. We're going to watch it. Notting Hill is the next movie. This is This is already... Going to be one of our more interesting discussions. I'm going to be trash, but it's it's about time that we had one that we just like immediately are going to fight over. Like, there's been a lot of like, you know, you know, kumbaya between us. We need to have one where someone at least is shedding on the movie because it sounds like that's what's going to be happening with you. And then I'll be defending it, and then we'll be moving on from there. Shedding during the movie. (laughs) God damn it. Anyway. We appreciate you for sticking with us throughout this podcast. As always. As always. Why? But thank you. <laughs> because you love us and we love you. We love hey, you. Hey, guys, you know what? I don't care if it's creepy. I would make little notes for each and every one of you. Put them all over your car and your door. And Okay, now it's getting creepy. Yeah. It's totally getting creepy. Yeah. But I would do it out of love. It's love, guys. It's love. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. And we will talk to you next week. Love ya.